Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I am your host, as always, Daniel Gotera. Thanks for stopping by. It's episode 81, and it's a conversation with Sam Houston State head football coach Casey Keeler. We've had him on the show before. And uh, recently, before their first playoff game, I actually caught up with him to talk about what this past year has really been like. I mean, you got to remember, 2021 has been just a wild ride for the Bearcats. We get into that. They ended up winning their first game against Incarnate Word this weekend, which was impressive. It was close, but as Coach Keeler said after that game, anybody now in the playoffs can beat you. The Bearcats have an explosive offense, so we'll hear from Coach Keeler here in a little bit. I think you will enjoy that conversation. Just be forewarned that, you know, like I said, it was it was about a week and a half ago that I recorded that conversation. So if you hear a question that might be a little dated, sorry about that. I was out of town last week. I wasn't able to get this podcast up before their first playoff game. I actually went to Dallas to visit some family. Had a wonderful time up there. Um, and I couldn't get it up. So that's the explanation for some of the dated sound that you might hear in that. But I think overall the point still remains. Sam Houston and what Keeler and his staff have done up there has, has just been tremendous, and I don't see why they can't win another championship up there in Huntsville, and uh, I'm excited to see what the Bearcats do. Uh, by the way, if you haven't uh, done so already, go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, be sure you do that. Later on this week, I will get into a week in review, if you will, of what we've seen this week. And I'll have a special interview with a guy that I've uh, always been a fan of and has had a really close tie with my family, new Hall of Famer Tony Oliva. Um, I'll get into that story a little bit on Friday, and I'll have my conversation with him then as well. But hey, other than that, in my world, not a whole lot's been happening. I've had a lot of time off lately. I've teased that before in the previous podcast. I still have more time off to take. I, I I don't know how many more days, but I think I've got another 10 days to take this month before the end of the year because my days don't roll over. So I have to figure out when to take this time off. I'm going to take some time off Christmas week. Uh, you'll see me on the air a lot here coming up on KHOU 11 News. So I've got that going for me, which is uh, which is nice, bringing you some really cool content, hopefully over the next couple of days, high school playoff action too. So, But like I said, last week I was on vacation. I went to Dallas. Uh, I had not been to Dallas, especially in that area of Grapevine in a long time. I, our family lives up there in that area. And um, I haven't really been up there in a while. It's been probably at least 14 years since I've been up to Grapevine. Last time I was there... It was just Grapevine Mills Mall and the Gaylord Texan Hotel, and that was it. But it has changed a lot in that, you know, 14-year period. And we had some really good times up there. I, I, You know, it's a nice little weekend getaway up there. They got some cool stuff for the kids. We didn't actually check out the Great Wolf Lodge. That's an indoor water park. We didn't go there, but we went to the, we went to the mall, and they have a lot of cool activities. They have Legoland there for the kids, a couple of rides inside Legoland, and... They uh, they have an aquarium at the mall. How many uh, how many malls have an aquarium? I feel like this is what they should do at Katie Mills Mall. Have you ever been to Katie Mills Mall lately? I remember when that opened up. I was in high school. I was in high school at Katie Mills Mall, and it opened up. I was in the marching band at Cinco Ranch, and they invited us to play at one of the entry points that they have. I think there's like eight entry points. And so they invited us to play. In fact, my first job was at Katie Mills Mall. 
And um, it lasted one day uh, because my job was working at Bass Pro Shop, and my task was to go around the mall every day and collect carts. And that meant walking outside, too. And so I said, you know what? I think I can probably find something better than this. So I left after one day, and I did find something better after that. But, um, yeah, so Katie Mills Mall over the years has kind of changed a little bit. And, you know, sometimes during the week it's a little slow. But I really think they should add some, like, attractions and different rides. They have that water park outside. But, I, man, I think they should add some of the stuff they do have in Grapevine. Because I, I think a Legoland, they got a, an aquarium, which is kind of cool. They also have this area called... Peppa Pig World or World of Peppa or something like that. Oh, Peppa Pig's World of Play. That's that's right. That's right. Uh, so my son and my daughter are really into Peppa Pig. Is anybody, have you guys seen Peppa Pig? Because Peppa Pig is actually a really funny show. Uh, sometimes my son will... It's a, it's a little British cartoon. It's this little, little pig and her family. They have English accents. And sometimes my son will say things like... Um, Oh gosh, what's the word he was using the other day? I can't. It can't come to me right now. And we were talking about uh, Peppa, and he said, "Oh, a night suit instead of pajamas." My 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 wife says night suit too, but they say night suit in the show. And so all these little English terms that we don't really use here in the U.S., they use them in the show, and it's kind of cute. Very fun. We had a great time. And then oh, we also went to go see the Gaylord Texan and a lot of Christmas stuff. We threw snowballs. So yeah, it was a good time. A nice, uh, nice opportunity to get away, but I've been back at the office this week, been busy, um, and I did the interview with Tony Oliva, like I mentioned, which you will hear later on in the week. Uh, you can go to our YouTube page, our KH YouTube page, and watch the interview there if you'd like, but if you uh, if you listen to podcasts in the car and don't have time to check in on YouTube, then I will have that for you, hopefully, on Friday. But for now, I want to get to that interview that I did with uh, Sam Houston State head football coach Casey Keeler as he talks about how his Bearcats are ready for another playoff run and what this year, a historic year really, when it comes to college football goes. He'll explain that in a second. How this year, this program has really taken form and they're building something special there in Huntsville. Take a listen. Coach, always nice to talk to you, especially when it's playoff time. A, uh, another successful season. What can you say about your group this year? Wow, you talk about a team that's had an amazing 2021. You know, we've won 20 games. Uh, most in the history of college football for a single calendar year. Uh, won a national championship. And has won three conference championships in one season. Uh, in one year, basically one year. We won the Southland, we won the, the WAC, and we won the A-Sun WAC Challenge to get the automatic qualifier. So um, it's been an incredible year. We're a little exhausted, quite honestly. Daniel, I mean, if you think about it, we've had two training camps and 20 games in a nine-month period. And so getting the, the automatic uh, uh, home field advantage and, and getting that, that, that buy was huge for this week. I wanted to ask you about that because when we last talked, when you won the national championship, you were really interested to see how your team responded. Not just your team, but other teams, right? Yeah. They were put in your same position, a quick turnaround, you didn't know what you were going to get. Oh, you know, everybody's used to routines and all sorts of stuff. And this is different. This, this year was totally different. Um, they've exceeded expectations, I would imagine, because what they've done this year has been pretty special. There's no playbook for this. It's not like, yeah, well, back in 1989, no, there's no playbook for this. To, you know, have a season that ends in May and then turn around and start it again in September. So, you know, we kind of thought this thing through a little bit. We said, okay, a couple things. First of all, Let's give our kids a month and a half off. 
They got to get away from us. We got to get away from them. They need to just re-energize. And we did that. And the great thing was they came back in great shape. Uh, then during training camp, it was not unusual for me to just say, okay, we're going we're gonna to give them a day off tomorrow, even though we were scheduled for a full practice. Uh, or, you know, we, we took periods off of practice. As they were normally 23 periods, we went down to 19. So we did those kind of things, a lot more walkthroughs. Then the other thing the university did, Daniel, is the university worked with me and my athletic director on scheduling 10 games instead of 11. So that allowed us to have two bye weeks. I said, if we have any chance to go repeat and do this as an, you know, again in 2021, we're going to need those that extra time because I'm going to tell you, we're going to burn out. And you could see at the end of the season, we were starting to burn out a little bit. We weren't finishing games. We didn't finish Eastern Kentucky. We didn't finish Abilene Christian. We got big leads early, and then we just didn't finish off. And I think a lot of that has been the mental and physical fatigue. What were the conversations around your players and how did you approach? You kind of touched on a little bit, but given some days off there that you wouldn't have uh, other years, what were those conversations like with the guys kind of heading into that month and a half break and making sure they got things done on their own that they needed to get done on their own schedule to be sure that the whole team would benefit at the end? Yeah. You know, we had a team meeting after we won the national championship and I explained, I said, what we did was unbelievable doing it a second time in a row is even going to be harder. And so, you know, the, here's, here's, here's the game plan. The game plan is we're going to give you a month and a half off because we can, because we know the integrity you have as, as a team, that you'll hold each other accountable, that you're not going to come back out of shape, that we know it's important that we get out of here, but we have to still be in shape. They did that. I mean, I think, I think our strength coach was just overwhelmed when he saw them come back on June 28th and they were in the condition they were in. Um, and then it's just, you know, we, we know each other so well because we spent so much time together. You know, it's so unusual to have basically the entire team back from a team that won the national championship the year before. So I, I think, you know, there's a lot of trust there. Obviously, you know, they trust us as coaches to put them in the, the right position to be successful because we've have a, have had a pretty good track record with that. And so when we do things like, hey, you got the day off or, hey, I need you to come in for treatment or what. You know, they respond very well. And I, I told our players, I try to get a mindset with them. The two ways we lose, we physically break down. So that's why it's so important that we're great in the weight room. We're great in the training room. We're great getting rest when we can get rest. And, you know, someone beat us, beats us mentally. You know, we're, we're not, we don't prepare as well as we have to prepare. We don't play clean. I said, if we play clean and we are physically able to go, who beats us? And that's the mentality I want our kids to have. So having said that, you know, your big thing last year was, you know, making history, making, making history, being forever, forever remembered at Sam Houston. Well, you make history again. It's hard to say you made history again by going back to back. Have you gotten that sense from your guys this year that aside from some of the physical, maybe possible breakdowns late in the season, because that's just the way it is, it's the game of football. Have you gotten that sense from your guys that, man, oh, man how special would this Let's run it back and do this again. Yeah. You know, with something happened by accident that I'm a guy who like, if you have an obstacle, make it an opportunity. And so we had a situation where um, we didn't have a time to put, give us our rings until the Wednesday before we played Western Kentucky for the conference championship. And so I think most people would have been like, ah, and I was a little bit like that, but we made an opportunity and putting those rings on that finger it really was like, wow, this is special. Wow, I want to do this again. 
And, you know, I explained to them, hey, like Tampa Bay, you know, I know Bruce Aarons very well. And, and, and I know uh, some guys on their staff. And I know they got their rings just before they started training camp. And they thought that Roy put them back because it was a celebration that lasted for maybe longer than it should have. We couldn't do that. We, we played for the conference championship against Eastern Kentucky, you know, three days later. But in hindsight, it all worked out because those kids have that beautiful ring on their finger. And it's like, wow, I'm going to do this again. And so, like I said, that's kind of what coaching is. Coaching, in my opinion, is, you know, solving problems in real time and making those issues into opportunities. And I thought we did a great job as a staff making that an opportunity. I think our kids are very excited to see if we can do this again. I don't know if you would agree, but looking at your schedule, looking at some of the results, the way the game's played out and all that, uh, the, the game that served maybe as a um, – and turning points, probably not the right word, but the, the challenge was the SFA game, right? Oh, I mean, sure. that, that, I mean, that was the game that was tight all the way through your one point game against a rival, big set, big stadium, the whole thing. How did your team respond after that? Because it seemed like they wake up call. I don't know if it was wake up call, but that, that, that seemed like a game that tested them mentally, physically, and kind of, you know, put that, put that fuel back into the tank. Even though we did it the year before with Southeast Louisiana opening day and then the four playoff games, which basically came down to the last play of the game, it still was a new season. And you still had to have a test like that to kind of like just re-solidify. Yes, this is who we are. And, you know, there was a point in that game, there was a 97% chance that we were going to lose. And thankfully, no one tapped me on the shoulder and told me that, hey, coach, by the way, we have a 3% chance of winning. And then Jaquez Azard made an amazing play over top of one of the defenders and we got a deep breath and we went down and scored and we went for two. And I think was going to put a lot of pressure on them by going for two, made it. And I think then psychologically, our kids were like, here's 10 in a row. And their kids were like, here's 10 in a row. And so I think that moment there just reminded our guys that, hey, this is who we are. We're going to keep our poise no matter what's going on out there. The other thing we, we have is a tremendous respect for SFA. I mean, they played a phenomenal game. Um, I think they're really talented. I think they're really well coached. They're maybe nine points away from being a top two or three seed. Um, you know, the loss to Texas Tech was a close one and a controversial call in the end zone, our loss. And then they had, a, people forget, they had to hop on a bus and go nine hours and play Jacksonville State at Jacksonville State. And that was their third loss. So I think it would have been a real shame if they didn't make the tournament because, again, they had an amazing season. But that game really was a game that solidified you know what, no matter what happens in a ball game, we're never out of it. And, you know, that, that's hopefully will be, will be be something we can lean on as we go through the playoffs. Well, you can see them again pretty soon. Uh, we'll see what happens between them and uh, Incarnate Word. But I want to talk a little bit more specifically about your team. And it, it seems like offensively, especially, I mean, you're, you're very balanced. And, and that, that's, that's worked out, obviously, in your favor. And I can talk about the offense and how it's developed and how it's evolved over the year here getting into the playoffs. I think, I think the spot that we're so much better at is the offensive line. You know, we, we had a Reese Jordan, a Texas State transfer, sort of 42 games for them, and basically put him, that's fine, the fifth best, let's get, get our best five on the field. Elias Anderson was coming off a shoulder injury last year. He's, he's 100% now. So all of a sudden, you know, you have all this experience with a, with a brand new center from last year. Now, so he has a year's experience. We're so much better on the offensive line. I think Ramon Jefferson and Noah Smith are two of the best backs in the country. And so then when you take that and you think about the, the guys you can put outside, Jacquez um, Izzard, Ife Adey, um, Cody Crest, Chandler Harvin, we got four of the best 
receivers in the country. Then we have a kid named Tibbs, who's a Marshall transfer, who probably could start for anyone in this league. So, so we can put five wideouts out there. They're pretty impressive. So Eric has a, a great group of weapons. You know, when you, know, you want to go double guys up, we're going to just hand the ball off. We can be patient. You want to play a lot of too high safety, we'll hand the ball off. We're okay with that. Um, and I think the other thing you'll see, which we've done a good job, is we've protected Eric through this whole regular season. Now it's the playoffs. Now it's time to cut him loose. And so I think you'll see even a different Eric Schmidt in the future. I just think when I when I watch Eric play, he, he's just a smart player. He, he's so smart in what he's in how he's developed and understanding schemes and some of the things that you talked about. Obviously, he's got some nice weapons around him, but you still have to be a very smart player when you play the quarterback position. Um, his development from last year becoming the leader through the playoffs that he was and now being the guy that everybody, not just in the team in the locker room knows, but around the country knows his name now too, after what you guys did, that's gotta be pretty special for you as a coach to see a player develop you know, like that. I, I look at the two national championship teams. I, I coached um, the Oh three Delaware team and, and, and this 2020 Sam Houston team. And they had a lot of similarities. One of those similarities is, the toughest player on the team, probably my quarterback. You know, I kid named Andy Hall was a fifth round pick by the Eagles at Delaware. And he didn't practice a single down in the playoffs because of a shoulder injury that he played through on game day. Eric, you know, you go back and look at that national championship game. You wonder how he pulls the ball in that fourth down because we had to go retape his ankle. Uh, when one of the, two of their players went down and we got him off the field real quickly, retaped his ankle, got him back on the field. So I think when the toughest guy on your team is your quarterback, it goes a long way. You got to remember he's a coach's son and dad is a phenomenal coach and did a great job with him. And also I have one of the best quarterback coaches in the country in my offensive coordinator, Ryan Cardi. And Ryan says has done such a great job making him a better pocket passer. He can create like Mahomes, you know, get him out of the edge, bootleg him, just plays break down. The thing that we wanted to do a better job is develop him as a pocket passer. I don't think anyone's ever going to consider him a true pocket passer, but developing that skill set, I think really has helped him in the whole development of his game. When you look at the program and what you've done, not just in the past calendar year, which is amazing, but to get it to where it is now, you've got, you, you've had some years where, you know, the expectation now that you've built there in Huntsville is we're going to win. We're going to win all the time and we're going to be in the playoffs how do you how do you assess the program right now? How proud are you of just the coaches, the players that are you that you're bringing in, the transfers that you're getting? I mean, this is you're you're building a juggernaut up there in Huntsville, and that that is a fun thing to say. Yeah, you know, I think our goal was to see if we could be North Dakota State, but in Texas, you know, and and the great run that they've had, and we kind of feel that way. We feel that we're on that path, and the university has been amazing. You know, that they've stepped up, and we. We got a, you know, pretty much a brand new facility. We stripped down to the bones and put $15 million into it. You know, full-time, full-time strength coach just for football, full-time dietitian just for football. So we are adding the pieces uh, to make this a program that, you know, people know nationwide. We went into Conference USA primarily because our brand got so strong that people came after us. We want your brand in our conference. And I told our players, I said, there's going to be, you know, some some uh, challenges over the next couple of years. But when you come back nine years from now and, you know, we're going to celebrate the national championship um, at the 10th year reunion. And there's thirty five thousand students at this campus on this campus and they're playing big time division one football. 
you're going to look back and say, a lot of that had to do with what we did in 2020. And I really do believe that. I think our brand went over the top in 2020, and that's why we became so marketable. What does it really mean? You mentioned Conference USA. What, is, what does that mean? I mean, I, it, to put it into words, I mean, the increased competition, you may, it, it, it's, it might be a little tougher, but that's okay. I mean, that, that's what you want for your team. You want for your program. You want for your guys to be on a bigger stage, and that's got to be so neat for you. We've seen a change in recruiting already where we've had players decommit from big 12 schools or outside the state of Texas. Um, a lot of group of five schools, we have kids decommitted because they want to stay closer to home and play division one football. So I think uh, it's not going to take us long to ramp this thing up. Um, I think that uh, we're positioned very well. I always tell everybody asking about Sam Houston state and they don't know that whole lot about it. I said, Imagine taking a three-hour radius around any campus in the country. You tell me who has a better location than Sam Houston State. No one does. I mean, East Texas has amazing football. Houston, I, I challenge anyone to have a better, better city that there's better football. Dallas is incredible. We get all the way out to San Antonio. So now, you know, three-hour radius, it's pretty impressive. And so now you have so many players in the state of Texas that would love to stay home and play FBS football. We have we have a spot for them right here. And so um, I think you'll see us ramp up pretty quickly. And uh, there are going to be a lot of challenges. Um, we know that. But I think I think we can make those challenges uh, work out. And you don't have to go anywhere for the playoffs. That's great. I mean, you get to eat a nice week off. Your players get to be off for Thanksgiving yep. and, and, and you don't have to go anywhere. I mean, that is, yep. that's what you play for. Right. Right. Wednesday morning, we had our last practice. And uh, it was 10 periods and we always end with field goal, you know, field goal block. And we kicked one field goal. And I said, touch somebody, which is how we end practice. It's always touch somebody. We always come touch it up. The kids are all looking at me. It's like, it's Thanksgiving. We're going to kick one ball. Let's get going. And um, they're excited. You know, I mean, they need this time. Uh, I think physically and mentally, it was so important for us to get that, that overall number one seed uh, because we are a little banged up and we are a little exhausted. I can't imagine if we had to play a game this Saturday, we probably would have played without, you know, six or seven of our best players, just because the nature of playing 20 games in a nine month period. And the fact that, you know, last, the last buy we had was about five weeks ago. So this is important. And I think our guys will take advantage of it. We're going to come back Saturday, got a bunch of food in the facility. Guys can watch the SFA and incarnate word game. And then literally as soon as it's over, we have weights and we have meetings. We have game plans for SFA. We have game plans for Incarnate Word. We're ready to go. You keep this up, you're going to be Mayor Huntsville. You know that, right? <laughs> I'm just telling you. I mean, this is uh, what you're doing up there is pretty fun. Yeah, it is. I mean, and I came to a place that, you know, I have an athletic director who's, you know, coached college football for 17 years. And, you know, he knows, like, when I ask for something, I need it. And so we find a way to make that work out. And, you know, when he recruited me here, it was like, I'm bringing you here because I want to win national championships. We're close. We can do this. And I got here and, and we, we did a pretty good job. But I saw there's a couple of things we needed to get over the top. And the university provided those things for me. And we got over the top. Well, good luck, coach. It's great talking to you again. Hopefully we'll talk to you again before a national championship game and then after. How about that? You got it. Thanks. P appreciate it, Daniel. All right, that was Sam Houston State head football coach Casey Keeler. Always nice to talk to him. Hopefully I'll talk to him again 
after they win another championship. Boy, wouldn't that be nice to have like a North Dakota State product right there so close to our town here in Houston, right there in Huntsville. I know a lot of Sam Houston State alumni, super excited about it. Had a great crowd there at uh, Bearcat Bauer Stadium um, this weekend, and hopefully they continue. They don't have to go anywhere until the championship, so hopefully they keep that run going. All right, I've got to head out. i got to do some other stuff. But that interview, I wanted to get to you before they got to another playoff game. Hope you enjoyed it. I will be back with some more, a weekend review of sorts. We've got a lot to talk about. Texans, we've got, well, what else we got going on? we got Texans, the Rockets are playing better. Uh, what else? Oh, college football playoff, um, the Hall of Fame. And I'm sure I'm missing a whole bunch of stuff. But I will come up with a rundown, and we will get into that sort of stuff this Friday. I promise you I will have an episode right here on Time Out with DG that I think you guys will enjoy. Until then, see you later.